Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of Sky High Sports and Entertainment on the Believe Podcast Network. And this has been a huge week in sports, especially with the NBA playoffs popping off and the NFL draft and a massive trade for Aaron Rodgers. So we are going to get into all of that and the LeBron James Ted Lasso crossover. LeBron James was not in the episode, but they made a pretty awesome reference to his shut up and dribble incident that happened where he stood up to Fox News anchor Laura Ingram. So we're going to be getting into that as well. All right, first of all, let's talk some NBA playoffs. And the first thing that comes to mind is Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heats, or as they're referring to him on social media, Hemi Butler, because Jimmy Butler is him. He is that guy, especially in the playoffs. We have really never seen anything quite like this before. Jimmy Butler, he's like the John Wick of the NBA, the Baba Yaga, the boogeyman, as they call John Wick. No matter how much time he takes off, no matter what happens in the regular season, he comes for you in the night in the NBA playoffs, completely unexpected, except we should expect it by now, and does something like dropping 56 points and then following it up with a 42-point outburst and a game-tying shot that was absurd to take the team into overtime in Game 5 against the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks and beat them. That's right, the Miami Heat, the number eight seed, beat the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed, the sixth time that that has happened in NBA history. One of my favorite times is when the We Believe Warriors uh, did it in 2007, long before Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were winning championships, and they beat the number one seed, Dallas Mavericks, with MVP Dirk Nowitzki. But now it is the Miami Heat's time to play upset. And I've said this from the beginning, that they're the dark horse in the East, and now with such a wide-open East they really could make some noise. But first of all, shout out to Jimmy Butler. I mean, 56 points in a playoff game. That is the fourth highest scoring performance of all time. He was doing it every way you could imagine. Also making big steals and plays on defense. Turned into transition buckets with dunks and layups and mid-range shots. Oh, Jimmy from the mid-range is just magical. And even hitting some three-pointers for good measure as well, which he definitely can struggle with in the regular season. So that 56 points game and what he did in the fourth quarter was incredible and he follows it up in game five against the number one team in the NBA and the arguably the best player in the NBA with Giannis Antetokounmpo with a 42 point game and let's just talk about that shot for a minute at the end of regulation to bring the game into overtime as he legitimately is like falling down in the air and hits the shot anyways, doesn't even use backboard. He is falling down on his back, on the side, and somehow finds enough strength in his hands to be able to get that shot in the net at the end of regulation. Oh my God, it was just incredible. I mean, the Heat were down 16 points at one point in the fourth quarter, and Jimmy Butler led the comeback. Just an amazing, amazing game that you will never forget if you watched it and that you have to go take a look at that shot if you were not able to watch it. Because now that brings us to the Miami Heat taking on the New York Knicks. Shout out to the Knicks, of course, beating the Cleveland Cavaliers, making their first second round appearance since 2013, back with their Carmelo Anthony-led New York Knicks. 
And shout out to Mello as well, one of my all-time favorite players. And uh, very fun to watch on the Knicks. Honestly, should have been in a, on a roster like Phoenix this year. Hitting shots, averaged 14 points last year. In year 20, he would have been this year. But regardless, this is a new New York Knicks taking on the Miami Heat, renewing an old rivalry they faced off a couple times in the playoffs. Um, but now it's a new era with Jimmy Butler versus the New York Knicks with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. And to talk about this series and preview this series that begins on Sunday, make sure you get that right with Jimmy Butler. He made a joke with a reporter who said it was beginning on Saturday. Um, but I think that the Miami Heat are going to win this series. I think that Jalen Brunson just came this year. I think Miami Heat have good chemistry from a long time of being together. So definitely you're going to want to watch this series because I think that while the Knicks have really great players, I think as a squad led by Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat just have more going on. And most importantly, Jimmy Butler. Of course, he's just on an absolute tear. Playoff Jimmy is a real thing. He led them to the finals in the bubble in 2020. And I think there's a very good chance that he could do that again, because not only did Jimmy Butler hit an incredible shot this week, but Trey Young hit a game winner from deep against the Boston Celtics in game five. And that was incredible. They took the series back to Atlanta for a game six. And Boston and Tatum and Jalen Brown, they ended up winning that series. But still, you got to give the Atlanta Hawks a lot of credit. That was a massive shot by Trey Young. Two big shots in a week. Trey Young has proved he is overall a very special player. It's just him and DeJounte Murray need to figure out how to work together as a backcourt because to score 25 in the first half and then uh, score about seven points in the second half was just not good at all. And so they're going to have to figure that out. Regardless, though, Boston was not able to beat them cleanly, whereas the 76ers did perform a clean sweep on the Brooklyn Nets. So that is another second round series I'm previewing is the Celtics versus the 76ers. Many, many playoff matchups in the past. And I think that at the end of the day, this series comes down primarily to Joel Embiid. He has not truly, truly shown up consistently in the playoffs yet. And I include that in the Brooklyn series. You know, they had a clean sweep because they were the better team. But Joel Embiid is going to need to have some better performances. He's going to need to likely be scoring at least, at least 25 points a game in the playoffs for them to win this series. James Harden is great. He's an incredible fit on the Sixers, but he's not the 40-point scorer. That's not the role he plays on this team because Embiid is the primary scorer. He will be dishing the ball. He will be hitting some big threes, but this series is all up to Embiid because Boston is a great team. I don't know how much better they seem than last year, although Malcolm Brogdon was a huge addition, of course, but Overall, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in this series. And I think Embiid will step up. And I think if he does step up, the 76ers win this. If he doesn't, and he's not playing at his absolute best that he can play in the playoffs, then it's going to be Boston series. So overall, I'm picking the Sixers in this series, but we'll know right away. I mean, if, if Embiid fumbles game one, and Boston wins and it's not close and Embiid scores like 17, 18 points like he did a couple times in this series, then it's Boston series. And if that, so overall though, I think it could be a 76ers heat matchup. And again, the Miami heat went to game seven with Boston last year and were a Jimmy Butler three-pointer attempt when he could have just gone for the two. And I always recommend he should go for the two because he's just better at mid range than he is at three pointers that we could see the Miami heat in the finals no matter who they face. 
And I do think that they'll beat the Knicks as well. So it's going to be really, really interesting in the East. All right, now heading for the Western Conference. We already have the Denver Nuggets and Phoenix Suns playing each other. And look, Jokic has been great. Jamal Murray is having a renaissance and it is fantastic to see him. But Kevin Durant, the man who just signed a lifetime contract with Nike, something only LeBron James and Michael Jordan have done. And with the way Kevin Durant has played and with the way Devin Booker has played with his 40-point games in the playoffs looking absolutely unbelievable, I think this Sun squad is just far too dangerous to stop and that they will likely take down the Nuggets in the second round this year. And they are a dangerous team. We'll talk about them more in a little bit, but it is the Phoenix Suns who are likely going to advance in that second round series. Also, at the time of this recording now, we don't know what the other second round series will be because the Warriors are playing the Kings in San Francisco for a game six after they beat the Kings at home and De'Aaron Fox looked like the injury was hampering him, but I give him so much credit for playing through that, for putting on a show for his fans, for not letting his team down. That's that old school Jordan Kobe mentality that we do not see enough of in today's NBA. In real life, if you're injured, sit out, take it easy. But in sports, when you're played millions of dollars and fans are coming to see you play... I don't know. I think it's pretty awesome when people do that and play through that injury to give their team a chance with Fox did. But the Warriors, they're looking dangerous again. They've beaten their road woes now. Maybe the road woes weren't as big of a thing during the regular season. It's still tough to see them going back to back this year. But I do think that they will likely close out the Kings at home tonight. In the Lakers-Grizzlies series, the Lakers are up 3-2. They lost in the last game. LeBron had a bad game. AD played well. Um, AD did not have a great game uh, before that, and they won. So it's interesting to see that those two aren't consistently playing great in the playoffs right now, as fantastic of players as they are. That being said, I expect the Los Angeles Lakers to also close the deal at home. Uh, I sort of hope I'm wrong on one of these because I'd love to see a game seven in the first round series, but I do expect both home teams to close it out tonight for a second round matchup of the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Golden State Warriors, LeBron James versus Steph Curry once again, just like it used to be. And that would be such a treat for NBA fans to see that. I certainly hope it happens, and I think it will also. So what's going to happen in this series? Um, I think that if that is, in fact, the series, which with 3-2 leads, it most likely will be, it's going to be really, really interesting and I think that the Warriors obviously have been together longer. It's impressive what the Lakers are doing. Keep in mind, John Morant has been out a lot this year. Steven Adams is out, and he makes a huge difference in the paint for the Grizzlies. They don't really have anyone who can match up super well with Anthony Davis. Sharon Jackson Jr., obviously Defensive Player of the Year. But regardless, the size is pretty menacing in a way that Steven Adams would have been able to help out on more. Um, and with their new roster, they haven't been together as long, whereas the Golden State Warriors are an established team at this point, won a championship last year, and they their nucleus has been together for so, so long at this point. I don't trust Draymond Green very much as a player. I, I, I'm not going to call his legacy overrated or anything, but sometimes I think we get a little bit too high 
on uh, what he's able to do on the floor rather than the fact that he's sort of the spiritual leader of the team. Um, so this, this could be anyone's series. I expect the Golden State Warriors to pull it out because they've been together longer. Um, but if LeBron, well, what it, what it comes down to at the end of the day is if LeBron and Anthony Davis can play well consistently, if they can consistently both play well, they will win this series against the Golden State Warriors. I just haven't seen it yet. Like they are going to have to be even better than they've been in this Grizzly series to take out the bat, the defending champs, especially after winning last year, especially after overcoming their road woes against the Kings in game five. So that's going to be a really interesting series. If that's how it goes down, it's going to be a treat for NBA fans. Um, and, and it could be any one series. I mean, if it's the Lakers, here's the thing. If, if the playoffs shake out this way, if Kevin Durant and the Suns win their series, then, and the Lakers and Warriors win their series, then it will be LeBron James versus Kevin Durant in the Western Conference Finals. Or Kevin Durant versus old team, the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green versus Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, of course, in the Western Conference Finals. So NBA fans are in for some surprisingly big treats with how wide open it's been. It looks like having superstars is really what matters in this case, um, which is honestly always how the NBA has been. It was just such a wide open year that we could have seen some crazy stuff, which we did with the Miami Heat, but Jimmy Butler is an absolute superstar. It's not even a question anymore. So the superstars are reigning supreme right now. I think that's how it's going to go. I think it will likely be the Warriors' Suns, but I could totally see the Lakers winning that series as well. Um, I still expect the Suns to be in the finals. And if I had to pick right now, I would say that it's a Suns Heat finals and the Suns win. Uh, that's a big take, I know, but we're going to see what happens here. It's going to be interesting. I still think Kevin Durant, who again, just signed a lifetime deal, something only LeBron James and Michael Jordan have done with Nike. Um, I, I think that the Kevin Durant, Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and that Phoenix Suns team is going to take home the Larry O'Brien trophy. All right, for a little bit more on sports, it's a big sports episode, so we're going to be heavy on sports in this one, a little bit lighter on entertainment here. Uh, we have the NFL draft before we get into that big Aaron Rodgers trade. So to get into that a little bit, Bryce Young went number one. I said this a long time ago that he had to be the number one pick, no matter who was drafting. And yeah, Carolina Panthers, they got their man in Bryce Young and in a very, very weak NFC South where Brady has left and it's Baker Mayfield leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who even though he can be good is wildly inconsistent on a new team. And then you've got Derek Carr on the new Orleans saints now, of course, but again, Derek Carr, I like him as a quarterback. I think this could go well. I just don't think it's going to be this year or anything that's going to be amazing. And then the Atlanta Falcons who, uh, who drafted, their own special running back in Bijan Robinson at number eight, which is a high pick for a running back highest picks in Saquon Barkley at number two in 2018. So uh, they have him, they have Drake London and they have Kyle Pitts. So that's a very interesting young nucleus. It's just, you know, they're still figuring things out at quarterback with Desmond Ritter being a rookie last season. So I don't expect them to make a ton of noise yet, but definitely a team to watch out for in the future. And that was also a solid pick by Atlanta. I think that actually will pay off for them. He's a great talent. Um, but regardless, I think that Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers with the defense they have 
I think they could actually win the NFC South this year. I think Bryce Young is an absolutely elite quarterback. He has all of those intangibles that you want in a quarterback. The decision-making, the pocket passing, and the clutch gene that he was really showing in college. So I think that he's only five foot ten, which is a concern for quarterbacks. But if you forget about the height, he really looks like Drew Brees, but more athletic out there, who did go on to win a Super Bowl in that division. And so I think that Bryce Young is an incredible pick. I think he's going to be an elite quarterback. And I think that in today's NFL, where you can't really hit the quarterback as much, this was a fantastic pick that is going to potentially, I think, get the Carolina Panthers a Super Bowl at some point. I think Bryce Young is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Some other big news, C.J. Stroud going number two to the Texans, who also traded up at number three to draft Will Anderson to shore up their defensive line. Um, so lots of people are questioning that, but I think the Texans are saying, hey, maybe we were real rebuilding, but we want to win now. C.J. Stroud is a great quarterback, fantastic pocket passer as well, incredible athleticism. I mean, some of the throws he's able to make are absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't think he has as many intangibles as Bryce Young, but it, it is close. It's a quarterback rich draft for sure you also have the indianapolis colts drafting anthony richardson at number four so multiple quarterbacks going and uh he has a crazy build of like six foot four nearly 240 pounds and can run a four four in the 40 yard dash so just a major major unicorn type of quarterback just a giant gamble there and he's only started 13 games in college so that's a bit of a it is a very risky play um which is impressive by the colts to do that but yeah, they're going to have to see for sure if that pays out. I think it's all going to come down to what Anthony Richardson's work ethic is because there's a tiny bit of Jamarcus Russell vibes just as far as, uh, you know, Jamarcus Russell had an amazing Players Tribune article about sort of coming back from being a bust. But yeah, he didn't have the work ethic at the time, life circumstances, all that stuff. So I think that's what Anthony Richardson will need to succeed. And we'll see that pretty quickly, I think. But big move by the Colts for sure. That nearly wraps up the draft coverage. There's two more moves or one move and one facet that uh, if you watch the draft, I'm sure you know what I'm getting to that I want to highlight here. And that is that as someone who went to USC, I followed Jordan Addison and the Minnesota Vikings picked him to play with Kirk Cousins. That is an underrated move. This is a Bolitnikoff winner, the Bolitnikoff being the highest wide receiving achievement in college football. And he is a fantastic receiver, speedy, great hands. And so seeing him in the NFL with the Minnesota Vikings is going to be a much bigger move than people expect, I think. I think a lot of these uh, USC receivers that are picked a little bit lower uh, end up being really good. Look at Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Look at Drake London on the Atlanta Falcons and how physical and athletic he is. So definitely watch out for Jordan Addison on the Minnesota Vikings. Great fantasy pickup as well that most people won't be looking into if you play fantasy football. Last but not least, to cover the first round of the draft is Will Levis, who had less than a 1% chance from ESPN of not going in the first round, not getting drafted. And that's very interesting. He is out of Kentucky. Uh, he's a British football player. And the thing about that is that apparently people aren't liking his personality. And apparently he's a bit cocky. He's a bit arrogant. And then on social media, what? There's videos of him putting mayonnaise in his coffee, uh, eating bananas with the peel on. And again, if you want to do that in your spare time, okay. If you want to show that off as sort of your personality when you're about to get drafted and it's coming out like that, that's it's a lot for sure. And especially when his personality is coming out like that. Uh, he also had a lot of interceptions in college, which is very concerning. 
four teams, but most importantly, I think it's the personality and to see someone that expected to go that high drop out of the first round in such a quarterback rich draft. Uh, it's just a good lesson on really conducting yourself in a positive manner, which it seems like he has not been doing and has affected his draft stock and the kind of chances he'll get. So we will see what happens there. But overall, here's the thing. It's really fun to analyze the draft. It's a great day. It's a great day to see these young men who've worked so hard get their chance to make it to the big leagues. But that being said... Tom Brady was the 199th pick in the sixth round of the draft. Okay. So you never, never really know what is going to happen with these guys. It is all speculation, but I do think Bryce Young will be a very special quarterback and I'm happy for him getting that chance where he'll be starting in Carolina. All right, moving on to the other big news in the NFL. Yes, it is a massive sports week. We're just going to go through a little bit of entertainment this week, which even ties into sports. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterback of all time, was traded to the New York Jets for a whole haul of draft picks that the Packers got. But to me personally, as I just said, draft picks are very speculative. And the big news here is that Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets following the last great Packers quarterback, Brett Favre. And they wanted to move on from Brett Favre and, and go with Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was coming out of retirement. So he went to the New York Jets. And now it is Aaron Rodgers' time to follow suit. I did notice that Aaron Rodgers didn't thank Brett Favre in his Packers post. So that was pretty funny since he's doing the exact same thing that he did. Uh, Brett Favre literally paved the way for him with the Packers and the Jets now. But anyways, regardless... Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jet. And let me tell you, this is a top three defense in the NFL. Um, they also have Garrett Wilson, an incredible 1,100-yard receiver in his rookie season. So he's going to be even better. They also signed Alan Lazard, who was Aaron Rodgers' favorite target in Green Bay last year, and who got over 800 yards receiving and could get even more this year. They have Brees Hall coming back as their running back, so that's going to be good on offense as well. They have offensive line questions, but those were mostly injuries last year. Again, another USC kid, Elijah Vera Tucker, is someone that I followed uh, at USC and got to cover a little bit, and he is fantastic on the offensive line, so he will be coming back this year and if the offensive line is better this is going to be a pretty dangerous offense in the AFC so I expect them to make a lot of noise also health concerns for Tuataka Bailoa and the Dolphins um, but I still think they can be good the Buffalo Bills seem to be just not getting over that hump um, but regardless I think the Jets are the second best team in the AFC East Everything moves and changes in life and sports, and the Patriots are the clear-cut bottom right now with Mac Jones and with Tom Brady having not played for them, and hard to believe, but four years at this point, coming up on five. And so definitely the Jets could do very well overall in the AFC East, and that's one of the best divisions in football now. Uh, and the Patriots are at the bottom. I mean, that's a complete reversal of what so many NFL fans have watched and grown up with. Um, but definitely, you know, he'll have to overcome Patrick Mahomes still, which is hard to do. Maybe someone else will take care of him. Joe Burrow. I mean, the AFC is just unbelievably stacked again, and it's it's really fun to see for sure. And seeing uh, Aaron Rodgers in the AFC, hopefully a Jets-Chiefs playoff matchup, that would be fun, is interesting. But the New York Jets, based on everything I said and everything I've seen and everything I've listened to, 
are Super Bowl contenders now with Aaron Rodgers. And also he's got his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. So we did see Peyton Manning win a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers had a down year last year. I do still think he's got it physically. And even if he doesn't, Nathaniel Hackett is going to work with what he has in the same way the Broncos were able to work with what Peyton Manning had in his older age season. So it's going to be very, very interesting to watch for sure. And the Jets are Super Bowl contenders once again. All right, now to move into a very short entertainment portion. It's going to be actually a sports and entertainment crossover because Ted Lasso had a great episode this week in which the team was actually implementing shades of Phil Jackson. Yes, NBA coach Phil Jackson's triangle offense that he used with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant in a move called Total Football, uh, where everything is constantly moving and changing. And so that was sort of their big storyline was trying to get that to work and figuring it out and just understanding that it takes time and process, but it was working at the end. Um, but the big storyline that tied into sports here was Sam Obisanya and on on AFC Richmond and sort of him taking a political stance to stand up for his country and for his father trying to come into America and people from Africa not being allowed to enter the country. And it brought back so many shades of LeBron James uh, with Laura Ingram when she told him to shut up and dribble because that was exactly what the conservative politician in this episode told Sam when they got into a Twitter fight was to shut up and dribble. And he spoke out anyways, referring to her as the bigot that she was and standing up for him and standing up for his family and standing up for his country. And it was really powerful to see because Sam is actually just such a great, great guy. And in the episode, what was very hard to see um, was that people trashed his restaurant after this. And his restaurant was a tribute to his home country and the food they served that was very successful. And he couldn't wait to have his father there. And it was very sad to see and very emotional uh, and a reminder of the, the racism that exists in all over the world, really, um, but especially in America and brought back shades of, of 2020 and what was going on. And it, particularly, again, because obviously Shut Up and Dribble was a reference to Laura Ingram speaking from Fox News, speaking to LeBron James and telling him that his political opinions and his voice didn't matter and he should just stick to basketball. And of course, no one deserves to be boxed into anything and should be able to speak out about whatever they want. Of course, you know, as long as it doesn't harm people generally. And in this particular case, you know, LeBron did just that and started a movement. And I remember Kobe Bryant also getting up on stage at the Oscars and saying that athletes can do more than shut up a dribble because he wasn't boxed in by winning an Oscar as an athlete. And in this case, um, Sam stood up to that. And when they spray painted it on his restaurant, it reminded me of when LeBron had a racial slur uh, spray painted on his house after also speaking out about politics in this way and just trying to stand up for his people at that time. And uh, it, was, it was a very, very heartwarming episode, though, because everyone came together to help Sam and help him clean up his restaurant. And his father came to visit him. And I think that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful storyline. Ted Lasso is one of the most feel-good shows on television. And in this episode, it showed that 
you know, Sam is a much bigger voice that he can make change, that he can stand up for racial equality and make sure that people are given fair rights and not discriminated against. Uh, just like we saw LeBron do and just like we've seen so many athletes do in real life. And it really shows the power and influence of that voice and just reminding us all of the equal rights um, that we should have and standing against racial inequality and standing up for racial and ethnic equality of whatever background you come from. So I definitely give Sam in this episode uh, a lot of credit. And that was a really cool sports crossover for them to make a real life incident of LeBron being told to shut up and dribble. And so many athletes standing up against that, and especially LeBron even creating a brand out of it. Um, something that was made cinematic and made into a way that we could process many years later. And once again, be inspired by to stand up for what is right. And just in general, don't be boxed into what you do. Don't be boxed into your career. Don't be boxed into one thing. You can always change. You can always do different things. You can always stand up for what you believe in. And I think that's a lot of what Ted Lasso stands for. And it was just an absolutely incredible episode and an incredible week in sports. And that is all the time that we have today for Sky High Sports and Entertainment. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe and download each episode. It really helps out. Follow me at Skylar Treple on Instagram, at Skylar Treple 824 on Twitter, on LinkedIn and Facebook, at Skylar Treple. And I uh, really appreciate everyone tuning in and appreciate you all tuning in for this episode. It's been a really, really fun time in sports for sure. Uh, definitely more entertainment in the future, although I might have a few sports interviews coming up again soon uh, with some people who work at some pretty cool places, have played in some professional leagues, and uh, definitely keep staying tuned for sure. Really appreciate everyone who listens. Always feel free to let me know when you listen, what you liked about the episode, what you'd like to see differently, um, what questions you want answered. And thank you all for tuning in. I will see you next time.